This is episode 10 of the Joy in Failure podcast. Hello and welcome to the Joy in Failure podcast. I'm your host, Joy Doyin Ogunea, and I created this Joycast to help you navigate life's failures more easily. My intention is to make failing less taboo and more fun. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. The purpose in life is to know yourself and love yourself and trust yourself and be yourself. Quote from Yogi T, <laughs> which is one of my favorite teas ever. I love, love, love Yogi teas. Anyway, hello everybody. Welcome, welcome. How are you today? Today's a glorious day. Oh my gosh, a glorious day outside. I just, which was very exciting. I discovered a new trail because I would take walks every day and I discovered this new trail, which is absolutely beautiful. A canal, waterfalls, actually not waterfalls, but a dam, like such a beautiful dam. And I just love water. So it was so nice to discover this um, new beauty that was really, really, that's really, really close to me. So I'm super, super pumped. And I'm also very pumped that this is my 10th episode. Yes, 10, one, zero right? It's so exciting. Like literally, I remember it's like yesterday when I started this and just being able to express myself and meet so many amazing people and just share my heart with you all feels so good. And I am so grateful for each and every one of you, each and every one of you that listen to this podcast and share um, and talk about it and learn something from it. I'm so, so it, just gives me such great joy to be able to do this. And I am so grateful for you. So I just wanted to be able to share that with you. But what I found that was really exciting or what I wanted to do with this episode was that since it's the 10th episode, I was just thinking and I figured it could be really interesting to talk about like 10 life lessons that I've discovered so far. Um, and I've, I, I feel like I'm constantly discovering, constantly discovering new things each and every day, which is so exciting. And I just want to be able to share with you because the more, you know, just, I guess for, for selfish reasons, because literally the more I share this information and the more I talk to people about what I'm feeling and what, you know, brings such great joy to me, it actually just soaks in into my being, right? Like I am, as I teach people, I'm teaching myself too. So, selfishly, (laughs) I'm doing this because it just fills my cup so much and it just reinforces all the things that I'm learning and I'm knowing at this moment to be true. It's just reinforcing it every time I share this information. So thank you for being there and listening to me share this information and being that platform for me to share this with you. But I hope it serves you just as it has served me learning this. Um, So I wrote down... 10, you know, 10 life lessons. And I feel it's really hard to sum up life in 10 life lessons. So really, this is just like a snapshot of all the things that I'm learning, all the things that I know to be true for me. Um, And as I continue to do this, I would love to keep on sharing the more, you know, more, the more, the things that I keep on learning as I continue to do this. So the first, right, the number one, um, life lesson that I think is, you know, pretty cultural and has served me really well in just knowing and I want to be able to impact this to other people is choose your joy no matter what, right? This idea of choosing your joy no matter what. And when I say that, 
what I've come to realize, and I think that I feel that it's kind of what inspires me to do this podcast, the whole idea of joy and failure. And for those who haven't listened to my past episodes, definitely check that out, check the past episodes out. But one thing, as I've, as I've um, expressed before, is that I've noticed that, and I think it's true, where feeling is part of life, period. Like we're all going to fail. And I've learned this lesson time and time again especially watching my kid, especially watching my daughter who is five at the moment, but just watching her grow. And she's a huge, she's a great teacher to me because I'm constantly learning from her because watching her grow reminds me of who I am, who I'm supposed to be. Right. And I truly believe that each and every one of us, like we're here on this earth for a particular reason. We all have a code in us that we're supposed to disseminate to the world, something in us that we're supposed to live, which is completely unique, right? Like we're all one because I feel we all, we're all from the same God, whatever you call it, but for me, it's God. We're all the same, but at the same time, we all have something that we're here to express, right? And when we're in that space of truly being who we are and expressing who we are destined to be and expressing the truest the truest being, like the truest self in us, that's when life just becomes so filled. That's when life, you know, that's when you say, oh, my life is so fulfilled because you're really living out your fullest potential. You're really living out who you are supposed to be. Like a seed, a seed has everything. And I'm sure you've heard this before, like when a seed comes into this world, just like when we come into this world, we have everything in us that we're supposed to express. We have everything. We do not need to look for anything else. We have everything inside of us. And I think as we grow, because you look at kids and they really, truly get this, especially babies. And I just, I was just around a baby this past week and I was just really, really into that, right? Like really in the moment with this baby and noticing that the baby was so sure of himself, right? Like he didn't want for anything, right? For him, he was just happy. He was just in his joy, right? And that's how kids are. Kids are just in their joy. And when I say just in your joy or choose joy, I am not saying that you are always happy, right? Like, and I think another, clear, let me, I need to also clarify this because I think there is this um, misconception, there's a difference between happiness and joy, right? And for me, what I have found is that happiness is something that happens. It's, it's, um, it, it's not lasting. It's like, at this moment, I am happy, right? Like at this moment, I am happy at this moment, something, you know, something it's, it's more fleeting, I say, right? Like, and happiness is good. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with being happy, but it's fleeting. And for me, joy is lasting happiness, right? It's that feeling of fulfillment. It's just more than being excited or being, um, being happy in the moment, right? Joy is that inner peace. Joy is that inner fulfillment. Joy is that inner knowing. Joy is that inner grounding. Joy is just more lasting. That's way. That's the way I see joy. And 
if life is very cyclical, which I think that is what life is, like you look at nature, nature is cyclical. You look at the seasons. We have four seasons for a reason, right? We have summer, um, summer, fall, winter, spring, right? Like, and these seasons should be cherished, right? They're all, I, you cannot expect to exact except you're in a tropical area where there's one season, but there really isn't just one season. Like even if you're in a tropical area, I was, I lived in Nigeria for a long time. Even if you're in a tropical area, there are different seasons. There, There's a raining season, there's a hamatan, there's a dry season. There are all these different seasons. So I feel no matter where you are, there are different seasons. That is part of nature. And that is part of life. In our life, there are different seasons too. And it's not always up, it's up and down, up and down. You look at a river and river river is ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows. So it's it's that's life, right? And for us to think that it would always be flat and monotone, that's not what's exciting. Like if if life was just one way, it's not exciting, it's dull, right? So it's about us learning how to dance with the failure, dance with being uncomfortable, down, dance in the, you know, the downside, right? The, the, the times that are not so rosy. So what I've found and what my, my goal has always been is to, no matter what circumstance I find myself in, no matter what season I find myself in, no matter what I see or encounter, good or bad, and I feel good or bad is very relative. It's really how you define it. It's really what meaning you give to it. But no matter what situation I find myself in, I want to feel that joy, no matter what, because for me, that's who I am. And I truly believe that's who we all are. When we when we come to this earth, we are pure love. And for me, love is joy. Joy is love. Like that's who we are. When we come to this earth, that is who we are. You look at babies, that's who they are. And as we grow, right? As we grow, we are learning. We're as kids, we're in the moment. As kids, we just do things that make us happy. We just follow whatever makes us happy. And society starts teaching us that, oh, you know, um, if you do that, then you get this, right? Like slowly but surely, that's how it starts, right? We tell our kids, um, be be a good girl. And when, if you're a good girl, then you get this. If you keep quiet, then you get this. If you behave, then you get this. If you sit down here, then you get this. So as you see, with time, our society starts training us to always look for something else to make us happy, to always kind of postpone our happiness, to postpone our joy, because it's okay. When I get this, then I'll be happy. When I get this, then I'll be happy. So we start forgetting that we are already that way. We don't need to wait to get that, right? And it's mind-boggling. A lot of times you don't even notice that you are postponing your happiness or you are postponing your joy, but we do it all the time. We say it all the time. Like the other day, I was talking to someone who um, we were talking about the weather and we were talking about the weather and she said, well, I do not, the weather is so beautiful, but I am so scared. I don't even want to be excited right now because I am so scared that it would snow. I'm so scared that the weather would change, right? So in that spirit, 
we are postponing our happiness. In that spirit, we're postponing our excitement until the circumstances change. And that's kind of, we all do it, right? We all do it because it has become part of us. And that's why a lot of times we say, well, I, I want to be successful. I, I want to be successful. I want to, I want to gain. I want to achieve. And what is so mind blogging and what is so interesting is that the reason why we want to achieve, the reason why we want those goals, the reason why we want those, that money, the reason why we want to get XYZ, the reason why we want to be, we want to aspire to achieve that dream that we all have is because at the end of the day, we all want to feel joy. That's it. Like, the feeling, we all want to feel happy, however you call it. For me, I call that feeling joy, right? I want that. I want this. I want that because at the end of the day, I want to feel joy. And that's great, right? It's great. I think what then becomes hard to take is then when it does not go my way, right? It's okay. I want to achieve that. And then when I fail, then I feel like I cannot be happy. But when I get this, when I succeed, then I can be happy. And what I have found so true is that it's not the end. There is, we keep on chasing, chasing, trying to achieve, but there is no end. At there, There is literally no end because when we achieve that thing we're aspiring to achieve, we want something else and something else and something else. And that's what our, that's what we are, human beings. That's human beings. And that's a good thing. We're expansive. We're growth seeking human beings. That's who we are. We'll always want. We'll always desire. We want the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Right? So there isn't an end. I know everyone, we keep on saying that we, we keep on acting like there is a destination, but there isn't any destination. For me, the way I see it is destination is the destination that we're all aspiring to get to. The destination that we'll all eventually get to is death. <laughs> I know that sounds morbid, but I feel that's so true. It is death. That, that, that is where we are all striving to go to because that is at the end of the day, that is the inevitable. We are all going to die. <laughs> yes, I know. We are all going to die and we're never going to get to that place that we feel because by the time we get there, it's a moving target. By the time we get there, it's something else and something else and something else. So rather than postponing your happiness, rather than postponing your joy, your excitement, right? Why don't we all feel that joy now? Because at the end of the day, that is the feeling we want. So what I have come to realize is that life just moves easier for me personally when I focus on feeling my joy, when I focus on choosing my joy. And that's why I say choi choosing because it's all a choice. It's a choice. It's the way we all have that choice, right? It's the way we see life. Perspective. Everything is perspective. Everything. Everything. And it's the lens that I choose to wear. And I choose to wear the lens of joy. I choose to feel joy because that is the state of being that I want. That is the state of being that I want because that is the state of being that I am. 
I am joy. You are joy. You are love. And that is the state of being we all are. So at the end of the day, rather than having to wait for that thing or, you know, that thing to get me there, I just feel it now, right? So if I get that thing, great. If I don't get that thing, great. Because at the end of the day, I have what I want, which is to feel joy. So I, it's, it's, I know that it's so, it's amazing when you think about it, right? That it's really the state of being that we're looking to embody. That is what all this, that's what the rat race is all about. That's the chase, the chase, the chase that we're constantly chasing is to feel joy, is to feel happy. So rather than chasing right? Why don't I just feel that happiness now? And which I have been doing, like feeling that joy now. And as a result, I am not, my my happiness is not dependent on anyone. My happiness or my joy is not dependent on a circumstance. I am not waiting for a circumstance to change because I feel that joy. And if a circumstance changes, which I notice that when I'm in that space of feeling joy, when I'm in that space of choosing joy, my circumstance tends to change. Seriously, like I do not have to do anything. It just changes, right? I The more I am embodied, the more I embody joy, the more I see joy. The more I embody beauty, the more I see beauty, the more I choose to see beauty in everything, the more I see more beauty in everything, right? The more I see love in everyone, the more I see people who are loving, right? And it's so transformative. This lesson, this first lesson of choosing your joy, and I say your joy because your joy or your happiness is different from mine and is different from the next person. So just being focused on you, 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 by the time you do it, which I'll go in depth with the other lessons, but by the time you keep on doing that, you realize that you are touching people beyond your wildest dreams because people look at you, are inspired by you, and want to embody what you're embodying. So you end up helping people just by choosing your joy, no matter what you encounter, just by choosing your joy, no no matter the circumstance, just by choosing your joy, no matter what you see, no matter what's happening be outside of you, just have that in the back of your mind that you are joy, you are love, and this is who you are. This is your birthright. So if you do that, I'm telling you, this that's one lesson I have to say. And that's kind of why I had to have that as my first lesson, um, because it has really changed my life. Okay. So the second lesson, which is also very, really, really important, I think to this part of finding, you know, choosing your joy, which a lot of people ask, but what is my joy, right? What I've found and what has been very transformative is number two, knowing your why. In this case, in my case, is knowing my why. That has been transformative, right? And when I say knowing your why, for me personally, knowing my why is really about how I even started this. And I, 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 what inspired this or what even brought this up was one of my favorite authors, Simon Sinek. I actually just saw him. I went to a talk that he had um, on Monday. So when this released this past Monday, and it was amazing. I love him. And he wrote this book, Start With Why. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. Transformed my life, literally. And it's this idea that 
Well, and this is, I think this is what I was saying, where we all have a purpose. It all depends on what your why is, but it's really down to what are you on this earth to do? What is your why? Why do you exist? Right? Why do you exist? And this, this concept is huge because a lot of times I think we are, we chase other people's why. We are looking to other people to tell us what, why, why are we here? right? Rather than just going deep within to find out why we are here. And for me, what has really helped me is really having like a very, very strong spiritual life, right? Really being focused on my why in the sense of knowing, just doing a lot of like self-reflection and sitting in this space of thinking about what do I want, thinking about all the why in my soul, like really going deep to ask those questions, right? Like what, what, what makes me tick? Like what gets me excited? Like what gets me, what fills me up, right? Like what is that why? What do I live for, right? What am I, what am I on this earth to do? And I think for me, and I think I've said this, like what has helped is that my name is Joy in my mic. And I feel like, yes, my parents did call me Joy. And it, it, even though they called me Joy and I knew my name was Joy, I didn't realize for a long time that I was on this earth to bring joy, period. Like I didn't realize that even though, yes, it was glaring right in front of me. It was glaring in my passport, you are joy, you are honey, which is my other name doing. Like those things were glaring in me, but I didn't realize that, right? Because I got lost in what other people's why of me was. Like I, w- I got lost in what my parents' why for me was. I got lost in what my peers' why for me was. I got lost in that and forgot what my true why was. And it was, of course, I had to go through a lot of ups and downs, had to go through lots of failures, had to go through life, which I'm still going through life and discovering and really being able to discover what my why and just knowing my why has been transformative because in every aspect of my life, that is the compass that I hold dear to my heart. How does this bring joy, right? And how does this bring joy to me? How does this bring joy to others, right? And before I even look at others, I always look at me because I need to fill that cup, which I will talk about later, but it's all about my why, like pursuing my why and then finding how my why aligns with other people's why or how my why aligns with the bigger why of of the world, right? How my why aligns with God's why for me, right? So for me, knowing my why has been extremely important and that's what helps me to hold integrity, at least try to hold integrity when I find myself in this, in a situation where I feel that I am compromising, sorry, I have to move, I'm sitting in a very uncomfortable position, um, compromising who I am. And I always go back to what is my why? So for me, that is my compass. Knowing my why has been my compass and has been my guiding light and has really helped me as I navigate this thing called life, as I navigate this game called life, because life is a game, right? It's a game. It's a fun game. It's just about how you play it. And 
I always thought I, I I tell my daughter this all the time, but that's what games are all about. Like games are not for me personally. Game playing a game is not about winning and losing. For me, a game is about having fun, and that's the way I see life. Life for me is not about winning or losing. It's about having fun, and for me, fun is joy. For me, it's fun is excitement. For me, it's fun is peace. Fun is fulfillment. Right, all these different aspects fun is love, right? Like all these different aspects of the same thing. And that's what I'm constantly looking for in life. And that holding my why and knowing my why really helps me to achieve that. That is my goal. My goal is my why. Okay. Um, the third lesson that has also really helped me is this idea of following the breadcrumbs. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm um, following the breadcrumbs, yes. And this idea, I've been saying that, I've been saying it for a while. I didn't realize that I would, you know, talk to friends and just talk about follow the breadcrumbs, follow the breadcrumbs. And the way I see it is the breadcrumb trail. And I was hearing a teacher the other day talking about this, and I thought this was amazing. But the way that he described this, the um, following the breadcrumbs, right, is that the way breadcrumbs are, breadcrumbs are not in a line. They're not in a linear line. They're spread out in different areas, right? And for us as humans, we're constantly, I just think about it, like we're constantly looking for things to be lined up, right? I think of being, you know, being in the corporate world, looking to climb the ladder. We say this, like, I want to be able to climb the ladder, looking for this progression, right? I I do this and then this and then this and then this, right? This never ending race of trying to get somewhere that we really don't know where we're going, but hey, we're still going, climbing the ladder, trying to get to this place. And it's very linear, right? But that's no fun because what I have found and what this is the way he describes this is that, but that's not life. Like life is sporadic breadcrumbs all around. And it's all about you following the breadcrumbs. So you get that I'm really into my intuition. And I feel for me personally, intuition is God speaking to me, right? So I get that nudge. And sometimes it's it's, a, it's sometimes people say it's a voice, they hear a voice, sometimes it's a feeling, you can call it your inner being, it's different, right? Sometimes I, I can say a hunch, I guess, yes, maybe a hunch is more like it, right? You get this hunch to do this. So recently, which I've just been loving this exploration of just being able to follow your my breadcrumbs, but recently I have gotten into baking, and it's not something that I've always wanted to do. It's not like, oh, I've always had this in mind. Um, my sister-in-law bakes and she was around in, when she was around in January and she, she, she was around and she was baking. And I just got this hunch to want to bake, right? So I was like, teach me, teach me. I want to learn. I want to learn. I want to grow because I love learning and learning new things. And just following this path of, oh, I want to bake this today. Oh, I want to try this today. Oh, I want to try this today has been so fulfilling. I do not know where this is leading me. And that's the thing. Following the breadcrumbs, it's not about a goal. It's not about, oh, following the breadcrumbs, I know where, I know the end goal. I know where this is leading me. No, I don't know where this is leading me, but I'm excited about following it. It could not lead to anything. It doesn't have to lead to anything. That is the whole idea, right? So, and I have always, in a way, I kind of have always 
um, f- listen to my intuition and follow the breadcrumbs. So I remember there's also, I had a nudge to start sewing. I started sewing, teaching myself. I had a nudge to want to um, do photography. I taught myself. Like I just have all these nudges and I've always just followed these nudges, right? Just what excites me at the moment and just following the breadcrumbs and knowing that and just knowing that there doesn't have to be a master plan. Most likely there is because a lot of times if you step back, you then look at your life and realize, oh my gosh, I was in love with that, in love with that. I did that. I did that. Even though they didn't seem to have any integral relation to one another, it all makes sense at the end of the day. I don't know how, but I was just following my heart, right? Like I, back in college, I was a psychology major. I've always been into people and into these, the, the mind stuff and lifing and all these things like human behavior. So it was very intriguing to me. And at the same time, after I was done college, I went into banking, right? I had the nudge. I felt the nudge to go into banking. And after banking, I went into, I went to business school. I had the nudge to, okay, I didn't know what I was doing, but I'll go to business school. And after that, I was like, okay, I want to go into beauty, right? And I went into the beauty industry and just following those breadcrumbs. And yes, they, they might not seem like they're interrelated, but I have become so expansive in all the things that I have learned along the way that I am so glad that I followed the breadcrumbs, even though it did not make sense. Do you get me? Like, even though a lot of times the nudge or the hunch does not make sense, follow it. It's God's way of directing you, universe, life, whatever you want to call it. I call it God. That God's way of directing you into something magical, something that will fill your soul. And I think a good testament of this is um, the other day, my daughter, we were, we were at home and I was speaking to a friend of mine and my daughter wanted to speak to her. She said, I want to speak to her. So she goes on the phone and she's talking to her. And then literally maybe like two minutes later after the, not even after the conversation, they were still talking. And my daughter just said, okay, thank you. Bye. And just left and went on to, she's like, oh yeah, I want to paint now. And then she's painting. She's like, oh yeah, once she was done, I want to do this. And kids do that. Kids follow the breadcrumbs. They are not, they don't overthink. They just have a nudge. Okay. I feel like doing this. Okay. And I feel like doing it. And a lot of times being able to let go of stuff. A lot of times we hold on to stuff, right? Like, okay, because of I did this and I had this nudge to do to do this. And after a while, you might get bored of doing this. It is okay to let it go, right? But a lot of times we feel, well, for instance, oh, I had this business idea and I started this business idea and now I don't feel excited about doing this anymore. And then holding on to it, holding on to that, that thing, just because you started it, just because, yes, you've sucked the juice out of it. You've taken the lesson, you've learned from it and move on. It's the same thing with everything. And we get so attached to all these things. We get so attached to jobs. We get so attached to people. We get so attached to things or ideas, right? But knowing that it, the idea is not the end goal. The job is not the end goal. All these things that we're chasing is not the end goal. The end goal is the feeling. So that just helps you detach from these things and hold on to the feeling, right? It's irrelevant. So if you are done with that and you're bored with it and you want to do something else, great, do something else. Maybe 
Um, you now you have a, a love right now. You just have a hunch that you want to be able to fly, fly. Maybe you have a hunch that you want to be able to learn how to weld, weld, like just follow the breadcrumbs, follow the excitement, follow the hunch, follow your heart, follow your intuition. What sparks joy at this moment? What are you feeling? What do you want to do? Not what other people want you to do. What do you feel like doing? And do it. A lot of times I have the nudge, I wake up in the morning and I want to watch a show. Like I'm so, I love shows. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like watching Westworld, right? It's in the early in the morning. Why not follow the breadcrumbs? And I'm all, I always find that I am better for it because I am happier and I am just more pleasant to myself and more fulfilled. And when I do that, it's so, so magical, so magical. And, um, and yeah, so yeah, so that, that helps. Um, so I think I've said, how many have I said? I've said three now. I know why three lessons already, and I have seven more to go. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So this is perfect. So the next one, which I think leads perfectly into this is number four, trust the process. Yes, I said it. Trust the process. Now, this is the part that a lot of times is so, so hard. So as I was talking about following the breadcrumbs, a lot of th- a lot of times and what stops us in our tracks from really taking the risk, following the breadcrumbs, from really doing what our heart desires is that we tend to be impatient, Right. We tend to be impatient because we do not know the bigger, we don't understand the bigger picture. We don't understand why this is happening, right? Like I, I know I've, I have, I, I did mention know your why, but it's about knowing your why, not knowing why things are happening because sometimes things are happening because they are happening, period. Right. So a lot of times we wonder, why haven't I gotten, you know, that call yet? Why hasn't this person called me? Why hasn't my dream come true yet? Why, why, why? Right. And for me, that is me being impatient. Right. We tend to be, we want something and we do not trust the process. And if we trust the process, life is just easier. The trust, which I call faith, which helps me surrender, which helps me live my joy, which helps me feel my, feel my really secure in the process and what, because I know in the biggest scheme of things, everything works out the way it's supposed to work out. I just trust the process. And a lot of times it's really hard. It's really hard to trust the process when you want something so bad, right? When you want something so bad, it's really hard to trust the process. But it still it still goes back to why I keep on hammering on why it's so important to feel that joy no matter what. Because if you feel that joy no matter what, as I said, the thing that you're trying to get is irrelevant, 
right? It doesn't matter if you get it or not. So you're more likely to trust the process because your happiness or your joy is not dependent on you getting that thing. So you're more likely to trust the process because the feeling that you're chasing, what you want ultimately is to feel happy, is to feel joy. And if you already feel that, then you are more likely to trust the process. You are more inclined to trust the process because you know you either get it or you don't. You will get it or you don't, but it does not matter because you embody the feeling that you want to feel anyway. Um, an example that I know I use my daughter a lot, but she teaches me so much in life. Seriously, it's so beautiful to watch you guys. It's magical. Really, literally, parenting has changed my life. Um, she lost her tooth recently. Yay! Her first tooth. And she's so, so adorable. And she lost it. And when she, when it fell off, we had like a big party. Like she was, but she was so happy. She's like, yeah, ah, I lost my tooth. Uh, I lost like really, 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 really excited. Yeah, she gets that from me, but it doesn't matter. She was really, really excited about losing her tooth. And and she was just smiling. She was beaming like never before, right? And it was just something that was very interesting to watch because I asked her, I was like, why are you happy? She's like, yes, I'm so happy I lost my tooth and it's going to grow back. And what it, what that taught me, right, was that this is life. Like the, why she, she, it doesn't for her, right? She feels so excited and happy because, and she, because first she trusts the process, right? She trusts that her tooth is going to grow back right? And second, she still feels happy and joyful. Like she is not dependent, her happiness or her joy is not dependent on her having that tooth back. She lost something, just like we lose things, right? We lose jobs, we lose relationships, we lose people, we lose things in our lives, right? We lose things in our lives that we've always wanted or we care about so deeply. And we 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 become so distraught, right? We allow it to, we suffer because of this loss. But once we are able to just trust the process, I'm not saying you don't feel pain. Pain is different from suffering, right? Pain is inevitable. We all feel pain. You put your hand on fire, you're going to feel pain. But suffering, suffering is a choice. We get to, we choose to suffer. We choose to suffer when we keep on holding on to the pain. Suffering is our response to that pain, right? Pain is that reaction. Pain happens. But it's what our interpretation of that pain is what brings us suffering. How we see that failure is what brings us suffering. How we see that loss is what brings us suffering. How we see that breakup is what brings us suffering. It's not the event that brings us suffering. It's our interpretation of the event that brings us suffering. It's our perception of the event that brings us suffering, right? So if we are still being able to, if we're able to see that as something that has some sort of meaning, if we're able to extrapolate the meaning from whatever we go through, we are more likely to just feel joy in that process, despite what is happening, we can feel joy and still feel pain, right? I can still feel joy in my heart and still feel pain, which a lot of it's like this um, dichotomy where people feel, how can you, how can you feel pain and feel joy? Yes, because joy is who we are, right? You can love, you can love someone, but still feel hurt, 
can't you? Right? You would think they're different, but they're not. Like it's the same heart that loves that person, but still feels pain for whatever the event or whatever happened, happened. So you see, it's possible for you to embody both. But back to my story. I know back to my story. But yeah, so she was so, she was so, so, so excited because she trusts the process. She trusts that her tooth will grow back. And it's only a matter of time. She's not waiting every single day. Oh my gosh, where's my tooth? Oh my gosh, where's my tooth? Where is it? It's going to grow back, right? Because that is the process. The process is it falls off and it grows back. That is the process in our lives. We lose things and we gain things. That's the process in our lives too. Like the same thing happens everywhere. So just saying that was a really great me- reminder for me when I get impatient. For me, when I want, I'm so eager for something to happen now, now, now. I'm so thirsty for it to happen now, now, now. But it was a reminder that trust the process. Always trust the process. Okay. So what number am I on now? I did one. I did two. I did three. I did four. I did, oh, I've not done five. Okay. So five is fill your cup first. Fill your cup well first. You can call it fill your well first. You can call it um, fill yourself first. All this. And I think I have talked about this before, but it's this idea of just, yeah, filling your cup first. And when I say filling your cup first, I mean, yes, concentrating on what makes you happy first, what what gives you joy first, what you love first. Because what I've come to realize is that I cannot give what I do not have, period. I cannot give what I do not have. And I find myself in the past when I have kind of gone with what society expects, which is, you know, sacrifice yourself, you know, be um, be the martyr, right? Like you kind of give up who you are for something else, right? That whole idea in the sense of, I feel miserable. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go to this place, but it's my obligation to go here. I'm obligated to do this. This is the way things are done. Like those things. And it's funny because growing up, it always, always, I, I just, sorry, I just always had a hard time always had a hard time doing things I didn't want to do in the sense of peak, you know, doing this because you have to. That's That was always the rationale that I always heard, because you have to. This is what is done, right? Um, go to a, gath- a gathering. For me, a lot of times it was a family gathering. Go to a family gathering that you, you didn't really want to be there. Like you didn't really want to go, but you had to go because that's, you know, that's how things are done. And I'm there and I'm miserable and everybody's miserable because I'm miserable. So then why, why did I have to do that? Even though I was miserable because that is, you know, like, because that's what, that's how it's done. So my, (laughs) I know, I know this is really radical, but what I have come to realize is that when I fill my cup first, 
when I feel my well first and which for me I do I start early in the morning like before I do anything help anyone be there for anyone I go within and fill my cup first when I fill that cup first I have more to give to other people period like you cannot give from an empty cup if I don't have water in this cup I don't have anything to give you if there's no water in this cup I do not have water to give you. So you're thirsty and I cannot help you. And I'm thirsty too. If we're both thirsty, then what's the point? How are we helping each other? We're not helping each other. I'm no use to you. You're no use to me. So the more I learn more and more each day that once I fill my cup and I am able to then give from my overflow, right? Like I fill my cup so much so that I am spilling with joy. I'm spilling with love. I'm spilling with excitement. I have so much to give you. Dude, I am better for it. And you are better for it because I fill my cup first, right? And um, and then wherever I go, right? I bring my joy with me. Wherever, no matter where, what circumstances I find myself, I bring my joy with me. So yeah, bring your own joy. That feeling, right? Bring your own joy. Like you're going to that party, bring your own joy because I filled it up. So I have to give, right? I have to give. I have to bring because I have filled it up. And this has transformed my life. I'm telling you, this has transformed my, has transformed my life because for a long time, dude, I was a people pleaser, right? A people pleaser because I wanted, and then other day, like I wanted people to like me because I just wanted to feel love. And when I realized that I didn't have to look for the, I didn't have to look outside to feel that love. I could feel that love up. I could feel it within me. That changed my life. Like the whole idea of looking externally for validation. Mm-mm-mm. I now look internally. At least I work on doing that, right? A lot of times I, because it's our old habit that I think we all have, we're raised and trained to look outside of ourselves. We're raised and trained to look for other people to fill our cup up. We're raised and trained to look for circumstances to fill our cup up. And when that circumstance doesn't fill our cup up, we're disappointed. You know, we're hurt right? We we wonder why. Why isn't this filling my cup up, right? Like, why isn't this, you know, person making me happy? And we tell ourselves, you need to make me, you tell other people, you're not making me happy anymore. No, it's no one's responsibility to make you happy. It's your responsibility to make you happy. It's your responsibility to fill your cup up. Don't look for external validation. Don't look for other people to fill your cup up. Yes, if you get the external validation, that's great. But that is not the goal. The goal is to fill your cup up. If you get external validation, that's the cherry on top. But that is not the cake, right? It's the cherry on top, but it's not the cake. The cake is within you. The cake is you filling yourself up right? You fill yourself up from the inside out, not the outside in. It's really the inside out, right? Like you're filling yourself up inside, within you, telling yourself, loving yourself, being your best friend, being your best friend. And then you will find yourself overflowing with love, overflowing with joy, overflowing with so much to give others that you if if others other people don't respond to you the way you expect it does not matter because you are giving from your overflow you are not then 
and this desperate need for people to fill you up because you are filling yourself up. It is your responsibility, not anybody's responsibility, your responsibility to fill yourself up first. Don't look for other people to do it for you. Don't look for a man, don't look for a woman, don't look for your mommy, don't look for your daddy, don't look for your sister, your brother, your friend. Don't look for anybody to fill it up for you. Okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, okay. So number, I think I'm a number, hold on. I'm sorry, I keep on losing my train of thought, but that's fine. That's fine. Trust the process. All of you trust the process. Okay. So I've done lesson one, lesson two, lesson three. Lesson four, lesson five, <gasps> lesson six. It's a good one. Lesson six is give without expectations, love without regrets. Hmm. Should I say it again? Yes, I'll say it again. Give without expectations, love without regrets. Now, this is a good one because it flow so well with what I just said previously, right? About filling yourself up first, right? About filling your cup up and giving from your overflow. And as I said, you're able to embody this lesson, which is giving without expectations, loving without regrets, because you're giving from your overflow. So if you do not get it back in return, which we all have the tendency of doing, right? Like we, we're nice to somebody and we expect the person to be nice back to us, right? We're kind to somebody. We give someone something like, for instance, let's say we're like, oh yeah, if for that person, I was there for them. And for me, they weren't there for me, blah, 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 X, Y, Z. And this is where you give without expectations. When you're giving, you're not giving because you want it back in return. You're giving, we give for selfish reasons because it feels good to give. It feels so good to be able to give other people. It really feels so good for me personally to give. That is why I give, right? Like, yes, as a result, it helps other people, but it helps me. It fills me up. And we all, as, as our beings, which is so magical, we all have a tendency to want to help, want to give. And we give people without, we should give people without expectations, right? Like it's the way we give children or we are there for children or we love children. We're not expecting them to love us back. If they love us back, yes, but we should all, we should give without expectations. And if they love us back, it's good. It's the cherry on top, but it's not the cake, right? So if you've already filled your cup up first and you filled it from inside out, you find it much easier to give without expectations because you are not expecting back, you're not expecting it in return. A lot of times I feel it comes back in return. Don't get me wrong. It does come back. But a lot of times for me, I find that it comes back from people I least expect. It comes from ways I least expect. It doesn't come from the particular source in which I gave to, but it comes back either way right? But that's not why you're giving. You're not giving because you're expecting back. So this has just transformed my life and helped me to let go and just give because, give just because, just because, not because you expect anything in return, but because you are a giving being and love without regrets. Love without regrets because we love people because love is who we are. We're not loving people so that they can love us back. If they love us back, great. 
But that's not why we love because we love because it feels so good to love, right? Like when you love a baby or when you love, I say baby because a lot of times we look at them with such innocent eyes. And I just wish that we were able to use that same compassion and those same eyes that we look at children as we do, you know, if we use those eyes to look at one another, it just transforms your life because at the end of the day, we're all big babies. Yes, we are. Even though we see ourselves as adults, a lot of things that we're playing out in our lives are things from our childhood, right? Things that we, we, we just lessons that we have to learn or things that we really haven't resolved or things that we haven't really healed. So we're just big babies in here, in, adult bodies. That's really what it is. We're big babies and adult bodies. So I just encourage all of us to see each other with such compassion, right? And such love and give without regrets. And it goes into my next lesson, which I would say, how many lessons I have now? One, two, three, four, five, six, Okay, seven. Okay, we are about to round up. Seven. The seventh lesson. <laughs> Let me write something down. So I know this is the seventh lesson. The seventh lesson is do not take anything personally. Ah, dude, this lesson is transformative. Not easy. Don't get me wrong. It's simple, but it's not easy, but extremely transformative. And this lesson I learned um reading this book, The Four Agreements. Amazing book. Oh my gosh, amazing book. And I remember I I would say like four years ago, and I started practicing it because for me, everything was personal. I took everything personally, right? Everything personally. And when I started embodying this, not taking it anything personally. Oh my gosh. Especially being a mother (gasps) has been amazing. Has been amazing. And it's funny because I was just having a conversation with my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law the other day. And she was talking about how I'm always very calm with my daughter. Like if she, when she throws tantrums, I'm calm, like, dude, like I'm able to handle her in that way. And what has helped me, I remember her growing up, was she was she too? We went to an aquarium and literally tantrum. Like she was rolling on the floor, crying. It was cray cray, right? And I was so calm because I allowed her. Because I, what I've discovered is that we all need to express our emotions. We all have emotions. Emotions are energy and we need to express it. So I allowed her to roll on the floor. Everybody was watching. I didn't take it. So I, number one, I didn't take it personally that everyone was watching because everybody's entitled to watching this. I did not feel ashamed. I didn't feel anyhow. I wasn't embarrassed. So it didn't bug me that everybody was watching. And I think a lot of times we tend to want to do things or not want to do things or because of how we seem to other people. I didn't care. I was like, oh, y'all watch me, right? I want my baby to understand how to deal with her emotions. And if she wants to cry, that's fine. Let her cry. It's only a matter of time she'll stop, right? And I remember she you know, was rolling on the floor, by the way, apparently I did that too. <laughs> so I guess it's karma coming back to me, but I did that. I used to do that when I was younger as well. But she was like, you know, rolling on the floor, crying. And I was just there showing her compassion, showing her love, being there, not throwing a tantrum. And this is what we do when we take things personally. When someone says something, or um, does something that rubs us the wrong way, what what we do is we end up going down to the level they are in. 
And I'm not saying, you know, the level is a bad thing. I'm just saying if someone is sad or someone is upset or someone is angry, it doesn't serve anyone for me to be angry too, right? Because what happens is you're angry, I'm angry, we're in this angry rut and both of us are stuck in this angry rut. Now, what serves me is for me to remain in my joy, to remain where I am and show compassion, like stretch out my hand to you and show compassion to you so that I can lift you up. I cannot lift you up if I'm in the ditch with you, but I can lift you up if I remain outside of the ditch. Does that make sense? Like, and if, and that's how the way I see it. when you're in a really down downward spiral you're in a rut you're in a space you're you're feeling anxious you're feeling hurt that is hurt people hurt people so i am able to show compassion to people who hurt me because i know they're not hurting me they're hurting themselves right it only i only get upset and this is where and it's a good thing i get upset when i feel or i believe what they're saying is true that's when I get upset. And I think I've used this analogy before when if someone calls me a goat, I'm not going to get upset because I am not a goat. I know. Why do I say goat? It's because when I was younger, <laughs> a guy, when, when I was in primary school, someone called me a Christmas goat. And I remember it. Uh, it was so annoying and I was so upset. And I think that's why I ended, I remember that. And we ended up becoming best friends actually later on in life. But if someone, if you call me a ghost today, it doesn't upset me because deep down in my unconscious, in my being, in my conscious and my unconscious and everywhere in my being, I know I am not a goat. So it is not going to upset me. However, if it upsets me, right? If you say something that triggers me, which happens, right? Which happens? You say something that triggers me. The way I, I see it is rather than it's not your fault, right? It it doesn't help me for me to blame you, right? You didn't do anything to me. I was triggered, right? I was triggered by something you said. And a lot of times it has nothing to do with you, right? I was triggered by something that it just gives me an opportunity to say, okay, I, what, what, what am I believing right now that is inaccurate? Because that's why I'm feeling this way, right? You, you said something to me that is triggering me. I am upset about what you said, why am I upset about what you said? And it just gives me an opportunity to go deep into to that and to heal something that has not been healed. That is why I'm upset. It's because there's something deep down that I have not healed. There is a belief that I'm still holding onto that is not true and I have not healed. And I need to first, I need to give you compassion and I need to give myself compassion. So that just helps me ter- seriously when I think of not taking anything personally, it's, I, I feel like I'm coasting. Like it literally feels like I am just riding the wave and coasting and just going with the flow because I am not taking anything personally. At least I try not to. And if something, if I am taking something personally, rather than being upset at myself or rather than being upset at the person, I always use it as an opportunity to learn more about myself, to take a step back and understand what this trick, why is this triggering me and what do I need to heal? Always. And for me, that just helps me 
elevate myself from that situation. It's just an opportunity to take a step back and say, wow, thank you. Thank you. I haven't healed that thing yet. I'm still upset about that. Someone said that to me XYZ 10 years ago, and it still bugs me when you say that because of XYZ, right? It just helps me, gives me an opportunity to heal that hurt that has not been healed. The eighth lesson, which I have learned is, which is pretty fast, but I think it's self-explanatory, is not, um, do not put anything on anyone on a, per- on a pedestal, right? And I think it kind of goes hand in hand with this, don't take in anything personally or don't take in any, anything or anyone personally in that sense of don't put in anything or anyone on a pedestal. And what that taught me is a lot of times we tend to, yeah, we do this all the time, right? Like we see someone, especially celebrities or people in a lot, like, oh my gosh, that person is amazing. Oh my gosh. Like when we put, it's, I'm not saying you don't, you should appreciate people. You should appreciate everything in your life and we should appreciate. That's what we should do. But what happens is when we put people or things on a pedestal, right? Let's say, let me use people as an example. When we put people on a pedestal, we, when they hurt us or when they do something that, that we deem as not aligning or we deem as bad, right? In a lack of a better word, we, we end up taking it personally, we end up taking it personally. And I use celebrities as an example because we put this celebrity on a pedestal and then when they do something that may, they make a mistake, they fail, they do something, we judge them, right? We're so judgmental on them, right? There's no compassion. It's like, yeah, you did that, you did that, wrong, 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 because we were putting them on a pedestal, right? That thing that we want, we put it on a pedestal. And if we do not get it, it gets us so mad. It gets us, it just messes with us because we are putting on a pedestal. And a lot of times when you put things on a pedestal, you're basically saying that that thing that is on a pedestal is better than you. That is what I've come to realize. Or that person that is on a pedestal has something that you don't, which is not true, right? Anyone, you can admire someone. And a lot of times the reason why we admire someone or we admire something is because we know we have the potential to be that, We know we have, we know deep down we have the potential to be that. And I say we also do that, especially with people who we don't like, FYI, is we don't like them because there's something that they're embodying that either we feel we have the potential to be or even if it's in a bad way, like someone who we don't like because it rubs us the wrong way. It's either a trigger or something, but I digress. But just back to this idea of putting people or things on a pedestal, you don't, don't put things on or people on a pedestal because you're, you have the potential as well. Like you are just as magnificent. You are just as glorious as that person or that thing. And that thing that you want, that you're putting on a pedestal, you can get it, right? A lot of times we say, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I want that career. Oh my gosh, I want that dream. Oh my gosh, I want that business. I don't know. I don't think I can get it. No, no, no. You can get everything you want. It's not impossible, right? It is not impossible. And that leads me to my Ninth lesson, which is everything is possible. Mm, Appropriate, right? 
everything is possible. And this has been so amazing to embody because when I think of how vast our world is, how amazing our world is, how there's so much in our world, everything is possible. And I know we hear this all the time, we say, mm, mm, but it's true, everything is possible. And I think a lot of times it's hard for us to even realize everything is possible because we are in our bubble. And that's why it's so important for us to stretch our minds, expand our minds, like things that we don't even think. I'm telling you, like I've just, I just keep on discovering things that I never knew that existed, exist, right? If we're in this, think about this, right? You're in this, you're in your country, you're, you're, I would say community, but you don't know, you know, you don't know how people in Iceland live, or you don't know how people in China live, or you don't know how there's so many places in this world. There's so many things, so many professions, so many dreams, so many possibilities that we do not know even exist, right? And this idea of not because you don't see something doesn't mean it doesn't exist is so true right? It's so true. Like right now I see the sun, right? It's sunny. It's beautiful. There's a window near me and I see the sun from my, my window, my rent, my window. And I see the sun, but I don't see the moon. But does, does that mean the moon doesn't exist? No, the moon exists. It's just, I do not see it. Like, right. And in the night I see the moon, but I don't see the sun but it doesn't mean both moon and sun don't exist. So when you think about that, everything is possible. It just helps you expand your horizon. It just helps you believe, believe in so much more than your limited environment or your limited circumstance is allowing you to believe. And with that, when you think about that, you're more willing to fail. You're more willing to try things. You're more willing to live life to its fullest because you know everything is possible. And um, okay. And the last but not least, last but not least lesson, which is the 10th lesson, yay, is comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, comparison is the thief of joy. And this couldn't be closer to the truth than anything before. Like this, I, I've i never seen how comparison has brought joy to my life right? And I guess com- comparison, and I think there's a difference between comparison and looking at someone for inspiration, right? Comparison, when I say comparison, I mean when you say, this person has this and I don't, right? This person has, when you say, this person has this and I do not have this. When you say, this person has this car and I do not have this car. When you say this person has this husband, I don't have this husband. When you say this person has this job and I do not have this job. When you say this person got a promotion and I did not get a promotion. When you say this, whatever you say, whatever, however you compare yourself, right? When we say, um, oh, everyone is doing this, so I need to do that right? Everybody's doing this. So this is what I need to do. Any way you compare yourself, which is 
one point, you're comparing yourself at one point to another person or another thing. It's comparison and that steals joy. Now that's different from looking at someone for inspiration, right? It's, it's a different energy. Because there's comparison, you know, when you're comparing yourself because you do not feel good about it. That's, that's when you know you're comparing yourself. Like when you look at someone on Instagram or when you look at someone on social media or whatever out there you're looking at Facebook and you get upset or there's this tension or there's something that does not feel good. And you know the feeling, you know the feeling, something that doesn't feel good within you, you're comparing, you're comparing. So comparison doesn't feel good. Inspiration, however, feels good. So you can look at somebody and be inspired. Like you can look at, you know, you can look at people like, oh my gosh, I love that they're going here. And you feel inspired because you know it's possible for you. That's why you feel inspired, right? Because you're looking at that person, that person's life, however they're living, that you absolutely love. You're looking at that and you're not feeling less than, right? You're not feeling lower than. You're just looking at their life as something that you want to be able to embody, something that you want, that inspires you to, you know, that gives you an opportunity to see what's out there, to see what's possible. And that's a different feeling. That's a more expansive, exciting feeling. Inspiration is exciting. Comparison is not, right? So comparison is the thief of joy, right? Comparison is the thief of joy. While Inspiration brings joy. Comparison is a thief of joy. Inspiration brings joy. Okay, so I think that makes for a good segue to end this conversation. But it has been so, 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 so awesome chatting with you and sharing this 10th episode with you with 10 amazing lessons that I've learned along the way. And I am still practicing and still trying to embody And I look forward to sharing more lessons with you. And I just look forward to sharing myself with you and bringing my joy along the way. Okay, thank you for everything. Have a lovely one. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. And for more juicy bits that I don't share on the podcast, come over to the website at thejoyinfailure.com. You can also follow me on Instagram or Twitter at Joy Ogunea, which is spelt J-O-Y-O-G-U-N-N-E-Y-E. Until next time, live joyfully no matter what.